in our series here, uh, Biblical Virtues. And so I thought I'd talk about a virtue we don't talk very much about. I'm not really sure why we don't talk much about gentleness. Uh, I mean, if you think of all the virtues, we talk a lot about love, we talk about joy, we talk a ton about patience. Patience and long-suffering, I think we talk a lot about because, well, we don't always have it. <laughs> so maybe that's something we all know we need. Uh, we, we talk a lot, a lot about a different, you know, um, uh, different virtues, biblical virtues, but the thing is, uh, nobody really, I, I don't know if you've ever heard a whole lot of sermons on gentleness, and so that's what I thought I'd cover tonight. Uh, I call it the forgotten virtue. Uh, just kind of quick reminder, if you've got a sheet tonight, or if you don't have a sheet, uh, my executive pastor outer, Mac, is out back there passing those out. If you'll raise your hand, he'll get one to you. Uh, so I thought I'd define a couple of things just a reminder. Uh, we've gone through several of these biblical virtues, but uh, a biblical vir- a virtue is simply an attribute of moral goodness or moral excellence, okay? Uh, that's typically when you think of the word virtue, that's what you think. It's an at- attribute of moral goodness or moral excellence. Uh, maybe you should define morals then. Well, your morals are your inner sense of right or wrong. They're the truths you live by. Everybody has morals. Some people have bad morals. Some people have good morals. But we all have a sense of right and wrong that we live by. Uh, before I was saved, I had a different sense of moral values. After I got saved, I tried to line, I said I try, I tried to line my moral values up with biblical virtues uh, so that I was in the right camp. And there's still some things, uh, I, hate to, I hate to keep admitting I'm wrong in things, but there's certain things I struggle with. I know they're, they're, they're the right things to do. Uh, but I still fight the flesh, probably like most of you fight the flesh. And so it's a struggle sometimes for me. But your, your, uh, your morals are the, your sense of right and wrong. Like I said, the, the, that's the truth you live by. So if you want to define biblical virtues, bi- biblical virtues would be the good or the excellent truths that you live by. You can have bad morals, but biblical virtues, uh, when you're talking about the idea of virtue in the Bible, is talking about those biblical truths, those, those standards of moral excellence that you try to live by. Now, I know you're an imperfect human, just like I'm an imperfect human. We struggle with that. But you still have to have a sense of, 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 of mental morals that I'm going to try to live up to. There are certain things uh, like honesty, uh, like diligence. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of biblical virtues that we talk about. In fact, uh, for a lot of people don't get this, uh, a lot of people think uh, all the biblical virtues are in uh, Galatians chapter 5, you know, verse 22 to 23, that, <laughs> those letters up there. It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, uh, faith, meekness, temperance. Uh, and a lot of people think that are, those are the biblical virtues. Understand, those are what we call the fruits of the Spirit, and that's not, not all the fruit of the Spirit. That's just some of them, just like there's some virtues. If you add these other uh, passages in, Ephesians 5, 1 Timothy 6, James chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 1, I just looked those up just for reference. You'd have to add in these other virtues, like how many of you understand that the righteousness is a biblical virtue, right? How about truth? Godliness, purity, mercy, justice, sincerity, uh, diligence, knowledge, uh, kindness. Uh, I think I had sincerity, charity. Um, you could continue the list with wisdom. Uh, there's a lot of biblical virtues. So understand, uh, some of you thought, well, you know, you guys started on this and you did the seven um, deadly sins and then we start on biblical virtues maybe they'll do nine well, we've already done nine I don't know if you know this but if you if you're looking at your notes or if you want to look on sermon audio or our own website you can find those messages pastor Monty preached on temperance 
uh, gratitude and perseverance. I don't know if you were here for those, but those are good messages from what I understand. I, I, lately, I haven't been here when he's here. If I'm here, he's somewhere else. If he's somewhere else, I'm here. So we don't get to cross paths a lot anymore. Uh, Pastor Wall preached on holiness, diligence, and humility so far. And I preached on contentment, patience, and joy. Uh, three tough virtues for me. I, I like to pick virtues that I kind of struggle with. Uh, I don't know gentleness as much as that. So here's where I ran into a problem. I'm, I thought, oh, I'm going to do one on gentleness. I was looking at my list there, and I thought, I'm going to do one on gentleness. And I don't know how you are, but if I'm going to do a, a sermon on gentleness, I think I should be able to, well, define gentleness. The problem with gentleness, just so you know, the problem with gentleness is there's several times in the Bible where that Greek word is translated Another, into another word. For instance, sometimes it's translated as gentleness. Sometimes it's translated as meekness. Sometimes it's translated as goodness. Now, that shouldn't surprise you because if you were here when we first started this, I think I started this when we were talking about it, all biblical virtues are somewhat entwined. Uh, in other words, you can't have the fruit of the Spirit, love, if you're not kind. You can't have the fruit of the Spirit, love, if you're not peaceful or merciful. In other words, they're all somewhat entwined. And a lot of times as you're studying through these uh, biblical virtues, you'll find out that you, you can't define one without saying something about the other. That's because if you're walking in the spirit, all of those fruits, all of those virtues should be evident. Uh, I hear people say stuff like this a lot of times in counseling. Well, that's just not me. I'm just not a gentle person. And for, as if that, that covered, oh, okay, well, then never mind. No, no, no. You don't get that option, right? If you're a Christian, you should be gentle. If you're a Christian, you should be kind. If you're a Christian, you should be diligent. If you're a Christian, you should be charitable. All those virtues are part of what you don't get to say, well, I wasn't raised that way and I'm not. No, no, no. You have to be all those things. So when you're defining gentleness, uh, I, I kind of gave it this definition. Gentleness, also translated meekness or goodness, does not mean weakness or lack of strength. Some people think of it that way. It, you know, if a big guy is gentle, he's kind of a sissy. He's kind of weak. He's, that's not the concept in the Bible, okay? Rather, it involves, uh, and I think this is a good way to say it, gentleness involves humility and patience towards others that results in kind, controlled, and restrained behavior. Let me say that again. Uh, you're filling in the blank, so I'll give you time to catch that up with me. Rather, it involves humility. Gentleness involves humility and patience. Everybody would agree with that, right? Uh, you can't be gentle if you're not humble and if you're not patient. Okay? You, those two vir biblical virtues are part of what gentleness is. Uh, if you, it, it has to be, you have to be humble and patient towards others. And actually, you could actually put in your notes, add a little notch in there, also towards God. Humility and patience with God. Some of you have never been impatient with God, have you? Well, perhaps you have. Uh, humility and patience towards others. That, that virtue then results in something. It results in kind, controlled, and restrained behavior. Okay? So let's look at it a little bit more. So when you're talking about goodness, gentleness, I use these two words because I think these two words, uh, of all the biblical virtues, of all the word, biblical words I could use to define goodness, these are probably the best two words. Meekness and, and I mean gentleness, describe gentleness. The two words are meekness and goodness. Now, meekness, now think of it this way. Meekness describes an internal passive virtue. By that I mean something that you are. Uh, let me, let me, can I say it this way? 
if you're putting on meekness and you're trying, I don't mean in a biblical sense, I mean if you're, if you're pretending to be meek, that's not what you are. Meekness is something you become. You learn meekness, okay? That's something that you are. And if you are meek, then you will be also good because goodness describes an external active virtue. That is something you do. Something you are, something you think, something you put on, something uh, you, your mind is transformed and becoming should cause something to happen practically in your actions. Does that make sense? So it's, there's a mindset. The mindset is meekness. The, active, uh, the uh, action from that mindset is goodness. Everybody still with me? And I think that's probably one of the best ways to describe gentleness. So uh, let's, let me look at these real quick. So uh, I'm going to give you long definitions. It's gonna, we're going to take a little while to get through this. So just be patient with me. I have promised myself tonight that I'll not go 900 miles an hour. Okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I'm going to try. I'm really working on this heart. So gentleness through me. So let's define gentleness through just the word meekness. I think probably one of the best passages you can look at. If you have a Bible, look, open it to James. That's James 3, 13 through 18. Open it to the book of James and you'll, understand, you'll see what I'm talking about in this concept of meekness. James chapter 3, uh, verse 13 says this. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation or a good lifestyle his works with, you see the, you see the phrase there? His works with meekness of wisdom. Boy, that's a whole message all by itself. That, think, of, think of that concept. I don't have I'm not time to go into that, but meekness of wisdom there is a wisdom, uh, there's a meekness that produces wisdom in your life. That is also another biblical virtue, okay? And then he goes on to com- contrast that, but if you have bitter uh, envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and confusion, and for envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first. Look, look at the virtues here. It's first pure, then peaceable. You see our word tonight? Gentle. I like this phrase. Easy to be treated. You say, what does that mean? It means you're easy to deal with. Listen to me. Everybody look here. If somebody describes you as, boy, I hate dealing with him. That means there's an absence of gentleness in your life. Right? I'm not making this up. You're seeing it right in the scripture. You should, as a Christian, I'm not saying it's always fun to deal with you. I'm not saying it's, it, there's not complicated issues to deal with. I'm saying if it's hard to deal with you because of your spirit and your attitude and you have to be right and you have to, you know, you get angry. And if you're not easily to deal with, that's not a good thing. If you're gentle, you're easy to be entreated. And look at all the words here. Full of mercy. Right. And good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So meekness can be defined as that inner virtue describing the proper Christ like. Attitude. Right. Everybody remember my definition. I've defined this word a few times in my class and I know I've done it on Wednesday night. You know what your attitude is, right? How many of you ever said to your child, you need to change your attitude? How many of you ever said that? A lot of us. Uh, I, I think I mentioned, I've given this illustration a hundred times. Years ago, I said that to my son and my son and, and, and with the right spirit, he actually said it with the right spirit. He said, dad, you say that all the time. I have no idea what it means. I said, what, what do you mean? You don't, you don't have an idea what it means. What does you mean when you say change your attitude? I said, you, you need to change your attitude. There. Now, don't you hate that when you can't explain what you just said? 
And so I had to think about that. Your attitude, by the way, is your way of thinking, right? Your mode of thinking. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, right? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, the renewing of your mind, right? Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The changing mind. So when I say meekness can be defined as an inner virtue describing the Christ-like attitude, that Christ-like, you could say it this way, the Christ-like way of thinking towards trial or mistreatment. If you were here Sunday night, Pastor Jeremy preached a message on that, how to deal with injustice. You know, as Christians, uh, I, I found this out real quick early, early in my Christian life, went back in, uh, when I got saved. I, I found out real quick, just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean people won't treat me bad anymore. Life goes perfect. If you're a Christian, it's all a bed of roses from there on out, and God takes care of you, and you get rich, and you drive Mercedes, and you wear real expensive watches, and if you give God $10, he'll give you back $1,000. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where do you see that in the Bible? Okay. No, we will, have, we will have trial and we will be mistreated, okay? In fact, I don't know how you can say I'm Christ-like and not expect mistreatment, right? He lived the perfect life and they still mistreated him. It is a, you can say it this way, it is a mildness and a calmness of spirit. You know what I mean when I say that? There's just some people that gentleness is written all over them. They have this mild, calm spirit that seems like you just can't get them upset. It's not that they're not concerned. It's not that they're not uh, aware of the situation. It's not that they're not wanting to deal with the problem. They deal with the problem, but they do it in this mild, calm, rational manner, okay? That's part of what gentleness is. Does that make sense to you? Okay, so meekness is usually exhibited in two main ways, okay? And I gotta keep using biblical virtues to describe biblical virtues because I don't know any other way to do it. They make sense to me. Long-suffering is one of those ways. Long-suffering uh, now, these are my definitions, long-suffering and patience. Some people may not divide them this way. This is the way I divide them because this is the way I read it in the Scripture. Uh, long-suffering is a proper attitude towards people that mistreat or fail us, right? Uh, I think I mentioned this before. Steve Currington used to say, long-suffering is suffering long with the shortcomings of others. And that's true. Some people don't live up to our expectations and we have to learn to suffer along with them. We have a faith recovery ministry, uh, an addiction recovery ministry going on right in the next room. And uh, we deal with people who have uh, all kinds of different problems. Some of those are severe addiction problems. Some of them are alcohol, some of them are drugs, some of them are gambling, some of them are pornography, whatever the addiction is. And what we would like to see when people come into our addiction program, we'd like to see them get saved. We'd like to see them start growing as a Christian. We'd like to see them overcome the temptations and problems in their life and find spiritual victory. And we do see that. But somewhere down the road, guess what happens to some of those people? Shannon, what happens? You deal with it every day like I did. They relapse. They make a mistake. Okay? How you deal with that has a lot to do with the virtue of gentleness. You still with me? How do you deal with it when somebody makes a mistake? How do you deal with it when your kid disappoints you? How do you deal with it when your boss mistreats you? How do you deal with that? Gentleness is one of the virtues you'll need. Okay? And it's sometimes exhibited in long suffering. Now, patience, I just make a thin line here. I don't know if you can actually be dogmatic on this, but I think I'm close. Patience is a proper attitude towards the circumstances which try us, okay? Long-suffering you need because of 
well, humans, I can't, I mean, you know, I'm sorry. Patience I need because of life itself. Uh, I think you all know this because of our sin nature. Our bodies are not getting better. Right. If your body's like my body, it is degenerating slowly, but surely. Right. And I have to deal with circumstances now. Nobody caused this. Nobody did anything. But all of a sudden I have this problem or that problem and the circumstances that try me. Sometimes, sometimes something that happens overseas, which some of you may find out real quick from what I understand, some of the things happening overseas may cause your gas prices to jump, right? You can't, you can't do anything for, towards those people, but you can be patient with the circumstance. You with me? So when I think of meekness, meekness is expressed in those two ways, through long suffering and patience. And by the way, those are two other virtues you know, we've already talked about, but those are two other virtues that we, all need to, that we all need to be better at. How do we deal with people? Okay, you can also define gentleness through the, 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 uh, the word goodness. Uh, and I think the best place to look at that is in the book of Titus. Go to Titus chapter, uh, what did I say, three? Yeah, Titus chapter three, look at verses one through four. By the way, some of these passages I've listed and some of them I listed earlier where I've picked out all those virtues, that long list of... Uh, but, you ought to go back and read those sometime and think of those not as a passage and just read words, but as each one of those virtues and how each of those virtues tend to relate to each other because they all do. All biblical virtues are somehow interlocked. You can't unlock one without having the other. So all those biblical virtues, and you say, well, you keep talking about different virtues. I thought we were talking about gentleness. I am. But gentleness has to be expressed in the right way. So gentleness through goodness. Look at Titus chapter three, verses one through four. Paul said this, He's talking to Titus. He said, put them in mind to be subject to principalities, to powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no, to be no brawlers. By the way, I, I used to tell my kids that all the time. Instead of saying to my kids, we, you shouldn't fight. I, should, I, I used to say, we're not strikers and we're not brawlers. You say, why did you say that? Those are biblical words I can show them in the Bible now, Right. It's a lot easier. I, I like to point them out and say, hey, this ain't daddy's rule. This is God's rule. We're not strikers and we're not brawlers. So uh, I can show them that in the scripture. Be no brawlers. But on the other hand, you should be, you see the word? You should be gentle. And you notice every time you see the word gentle, you notice another word jumps in there. See it again? You should be gentle, showing all meekness to all men. Boy, that's an inclusive statement. <laughs> all meekness to all men. You say, well, in this situation, nope, that doesn't give, leave you a room to say, but in my circumstance or in my situation, or you don't know what he did. I don't have to know. I can read clearly the scripture says all meekness to all men. Amen? Come, well, one person's listening. Okay, thank you. Okay, so uh, keep reading. For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But look at this. But after that, the kindness and our love are Jesus. But after that, the kindness and love of, of God, our Savior, uh, towards man appeared. Kindness and love. So now you get, uh, look at the passage here. Look, look at the phrases. So we're talking about gentleness. We're talking about meekness. We're talking about kindness. We're talking about love. All those things work together. We're talking about good works or goodness. All those things work together in a spirit of gentleness. You still with me? Okay, so when we're talking about gentleness, goodness can be defined as an outward virtue, right? Meekness is an inward virtue. Goodness is an outward virtue. It's actually the working out of meekness, if you think about it. 
You still with me? Some of you look like I have lost you completely, and it, may, it really bothers I get nervous when people start going, where is he at? What is he talking? Goodness can be defined as an outward virtue describing the proper Christ-like, not attitude, what? Action towards others at all times. I can have the right attitude, I can think right, but not do anything about it. Not only do I need to think right, now I need to do something, right? Uh, it's a caring and compassionate spirit. Uh, I will say this, my, my wife has a very caring and compassionate spirit. She is constantly making me feel stupid. You say, well, I thought you said she was, no, not the way you think. Here's what happens. Somebody will have a problem and I'll, say, I'll be praying in the morning, for instance, and I, I, I won't pray about it. And my wife will go, oh, did you forget to pray for so-and-so? And I'll go, oh, yeah. And so I'll pray for him. And then she'll say, are you going by to visit them today? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going by to visit them today. Oh, well, when you go by to visit them, you know they like this. Could you bring? Yeah, yeah. My mind doesn't work like that. I struggle with this. And this, this part of gentleness, I struggle with it. I, I do care, but not to that extent. Becky's always looking at that next level, right? I have the right mental attitude, but what's missing? The goodness. Now I got to go do something about it. I, I, I tell people all the time, you do too. Don't look at me silly. You do this too. I tell people all the time, I'm praying for you. And by the way, if I say I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. I, I won't lie about that. If I say I'm praying for you, I will pray for you. The problem is that's sometimes as far as it goes. Right? Praying for you is good, but now I need to go a little further and do something about that prayer. Are you with me? So a spirit of gentleness brings that all together. Getting to make sense with you so far? Okay. So gentleness now is also usually exhibited in two main ways. By the way, both of these can be exhibited in more than the two, but I'm trying to give you two main things. Guess what? Kindness. That kindness and action. Again, I'm, I'm separating I'm drawing really thin lines here, but I'm trying to make a, as best definition as I can. Kindness is an action designed to meet the emotional needs of another person. Okay? And kindness, I'm not, I may not be doing physically anything, but I'm there for you. Right? I, 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 I'm, I'm kind towards you. My speech and everything I'm saying. It, what, it's a mental attitude, I think. Whereas goodness, that's an action designed to meet the physical needs of another. Kindness would lead me to do something, right? And the, the something I do is goodness. And all of that's part of gentleness. Now, I just went through a bunch of definitions, right? You're looking at that paper, you got all these definitions. Look at all, just look back at your paper, don't look at me. If you're looking at me, you're not writing on your paper, shame on you. If you're looking at that paper, look how many, how many biblical virtues do you see there? You see, you see how they're all hooked together? You, you can't get away from that in the scripture. I don't care where you read, whether you're reading the Gospels or whether you're reading uh, in the book of Psalms or the book of Proverbs. I don't care where you're reading. If you're reading in the epistles, you're always going to see biblical virtues hooked to biblical virtues and our behavior described by those virtues. Those are the standards of moral excellence that we must live by. You, a Christian, nobody should ever say about a Christian, man or woman, he's not kind. She's not caring. That's a, lack, that's a lack of, listen, can I say it a better way? That's a lack of Christ-likeness. And, and you can't say to me, well, you know, my wife's kind. I, that's just not my thing. Well, I understand it's not your thing. Make it your thing. 
Get past yourself, right? You understand? What, everybody still with me now? So let me say a couple things. Now, I, I don't think you can read. Can you read this? Some of you really sharp-eyed people can read it. It's okay. I can read it. I was trying to figure out how to put all this on the thing so I would remember it. But uh, let, me, let me say this. Gentleness also includes humility and patience towards others. We've already talked about that. That humility and patience results in a kind, controlled, and restrained behavior. I think that's a good definition. It's already on your paper. You don't have to worry about that, right? So think about that. Now, let me go a little further. The opposites of gentleness are pride, anger, and I'm talking about the direct opposites or other opposites. But the direct opposites are pride, anger, and a desire for revenge. Agreed? In other words, that's just the opposite of what you should be doing. You can't, you can't respond to somebody in a spirit of anger and be, and be possessing the, vir, the Christ-like virtue of gentleness. Now, I'm not saying you can't disagree with somebody. I'm not saying you can't tell somebody they're wrong. But how you do that has everything to do with this virtue of gentleness. You got it? Okay, so... Uh, Listen to this. If you live in a spirit of gentleness, that also means you accept God's judgment on people and issues. How many would agree with me that, that God has certain standards of living that pleases him? And if we're going to please him, we live by those standards, right? One man for one woman married for life, right? Not man and man, not woman and woman, not man and woman and woman and woman and woman. Okay. One man, one woman. That is a standard, right? They're biblical standards, do, do, how many would agree that there is a bit, I'm not, we won't talk about alcohol, but how about this? How many would agree that there's a biblical standard prohibiting drunkenness in the life of a Christian? Now you can have to argue with our alcohol issue to me with that. Does, does the Bible talk about drunkenness as a, a the, I should say sobriety, <laughs> uh, abstinence is another question, but sobriety as a biblical standard, yes or no? Okay. So think about that for a second. Now, you say, why are you saying that? Well, listen to what I'm saying. If you live in a spirit of gentleness, that also means you accept God's judgment on people and issues. Sometimes we tend to think that, uh, that it's gentle to ignore someone's sin or try to justify actions that God has clearly called sinful or to let someone continue in that sin without speaking the truth. I am not saying gentleness is, he wants me to call her, him a he. Um, he, he wants me to call him a she, and I'm not going to do it. That, that has nothing to do with gentleness. How I respond to that is, has to do with gentleness. I can say to him, you know, I understand what you think, and I understand why you say that, but you are absolutely wrong, and the Bible condemns that, and I'm not going along with that. I can do that in the right spirit. I can do that in the spirit of gentleness. It doesn't mean, some people look at me and they say, well, Brother Morris, you counsel, and sometimes you're just mean to people. I'm not mean, I'm honest. I am, I am honest. I, I, I remember, I, you know how many times I've looked a guy in the eye, uh, I can think of four or five right off the top of my head, uh, all the way back in early ministry, where I'm talking to people, and I've talked, I remember talking to this one particular guy, and he was telling about a situation, he's going to leave his wife, and he's going to, and I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You make this mistake, and you'll regret it for the rest of your life. You're going to be miserable. She's going to leave you. Your kids are going to hate you. And he said, well, I can't believe you say that to me. I thought I was here to get some help. And I said, this is help. By the way, she, she, the girl he went with, she left him. His kids hated him. And almost exactly what I... Was I mean? Was that not gentle? 
No, no. That's, that, that's part of gentleness. Being on how I delivered that message. Now, if I said, you stupid idiot. What are you, nut? Are you crazy? Okay. That's not gentleness. You still with me? Okay, so let me, let me go on here. Uh, gentleness does not mean being soft, so soft or permissive that a sinner doesn't even realize that he sinned. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. Well, ha- let me tell you a little truth here. Some, some, something I think this church gets, because Pastor Monty is a pastor, okay? You're going to offend people. It's a biblical principle. If you tell the truth, the truth offends. It's going to happen. Now, that doesn't mean you have to, listen, look at, listen look carefully to what I'm about to say. The truth offends, that does not mean you have to be offensive. You still have to tell the truth, though. Delivering it in a spirit of gentleness, meekness, humility, long-suffering, patience, mercy, that's gentleness. Everybody with me? You see why we had to set it up this way? Because once you understand that, it makes good sense. True biblical gentleness is willing to confront a brother in a manner that is in line with the scripture and to do so in a manner that is gentle, loving, and encouraging, but also clear about the holiness which God has called us to, right? God, God said, be ye holy as I am holy. Yes or no? And if I'm a biblical teacher of the truth, Do I have to call people to that standard of holiness? Do I have to say to people, listen, you can't live like that. You will never find joy. You're never going to find peace like that. I can say that. Or I can scream at them and call them how stupid they are and how foolish they are. And I hope God sends you to hell. Okay. There's obvious difference there, right? What's the difference? Spirit of of gentleness, right? Virtue of gentleness. I, I have no problem and I... Uh, one of the things I work at a lot in my office when I'm counseling is how I deliver a message because sometimes I have to deliver uh, really hard messages. I work for the, I, I shouldn't say I work, I volunteer for the sheriff's department, I'm sheriff's chaplain for Hendricks County, and sometimes I have to go to somebody's house and tell them, your son died of an overdose. We found him in a parking lot, still had the needle in his arm. How many of you think I need the spirit of gentleness at that point? By the way, that's why they have, sometimes uh, chaplains do it instead of officers do it. Officers don't always have a spirit of gentleness about them. A lot do, but some of them don't. And so they bring in a chaplain who wants to sit down. I'll sit there and talk to him as long as I can. I'll try to, I'll cry with him. That's part of what you have to do. All right, everybody still with me? You understand now? You're getting the idea behind this concept, the biblical virtue? Okay, good. So let's move on a little bit. So I'm going to fly through this one, okay? I'm going to just tell you, right, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss your red letters and you won't get your blank filled in because I'm going to go quick. But I I just listed this this afternoon. I actually wrote five messages. It's okay, I'm only preaching three of them. So uh, we'll be out of here soon. (laughs) Not really. Uh, Six reasons why every Christian should strive to be gentle. Well, number one, Let's just, and by the way, this one, I don't know why, I, I alliterated, they all start with the letter E. How about that? Can't beat that. Okay, so the scripture encourages gentleness, right? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. How many would agree with this? Uh, you don't have to raise your hand anything, but just a general question here. What's the word? Rhetorical. Uh, I was like, I was going to say hypothetical, but that's not it. Rhetorical question. How many of you really don't think a lot about gentleness? 
It's not something, I'll be honest with you, I don't go around a lot. I, I don't know how many times, I have prayed about it, uh, but not that often. I, I pray a lot and ask God, you know, help me to be more humble. Help me to be more patient. Oh God, please help me to be more long-suffering with the people I deal with. I, I pray about those kind of things. I cannot say I pray as much about, gen- I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember a lot of times where I've been driven to my knees by the overwhelming conviction, oh God. Help me to be, I don't, I don't. Why is that? Why don't we think that's necessary? Agreed? I mean, that's, I don't think I'm the only one who thinks like that. Uh, I know when I was growing up, the the idea of gentleness was something a man did. I don't think that makes you less of a man. I think gentleness is control power. Gentleness and meekness, you could describe them both that way. It's it's, uh, power under control. Doesn't mean you don't have power. It means you know how to control it. And growing up, I did not know how to control it. My voice, whew, my poor kids didn't get a lot of gentleness. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I wish if we could just go back and change. Whew, they got a lot of short-tempered, angry bursts. And in those short-tempered, angry bursts, by the way, I told them the truth, biblical truth. I did it in the wrong way. Why didn't I pray for that then? You understand what I'm saying? It is kind of a forgotten virtue, but the Bible encourages, okay? Uh, here's, here's another reason. Christ, obviously, is our example of it. I like the way Paul described that, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Now, I, Paul, myself, beseech you, I like this, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, a, ma- a lamb, meek and lowly. That's who he is, right? Yeah, you, you say, I'm Christ-like. Are you gentle? Well, no. Well, then you're not Christ-like. You can't. The the two are mutually exclusive. You can't be one without being the other, okay? So uh, Christ was our example of it. You know this too. The Apostle Paul exercised gentleness. Uh, All those churches he built, uh, by the way, Corinth and, uh, you know, (laughs) how he was gentle with those people in Corinth. He he went, oh, I'd have resigned. (laughs) I can't deal with all these problems. I mean, Corinth... Thessalonica wasn't much better. I mean, they had their problems too. But uh, Paul, when he dealt with them, he said this, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children, so being affectionately desirous of you. Paul said, I dealt with you in a spirit of gentleness. And I'm still dealing with you that way. You read some of those passages, and I think sometimes we read more into them. uh, We read the harshness into them. They're not harsh passages. I think if he was standing there talking to them, he would have told them in that spirit of gentleness, no, no, that's wrong. A man cannot have an adulterous affair with his mother. That's what happened in Corinth, right? You know the story. Uh, how would you like to have to deliver that message? I tell you, if, I, if that was our church, I probably would have gotten a point. So, There's a guy in our church, that crazy fool, and we don't want him out of here, and he's never come. Mm, is that how you deal with it? By the way, does it need to be dealt with? Answer the question. Does it need to be dealt with? Yes. How you deal with it is what we're talking about, gentleness. Okay? How about this? Uh, true wisdom, true wisdom exhibits gen- gentleness. True wis- the wisdom that's from above is first pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, we read this a while ago, and easy to be entreated. There's something about delivering a truth in a calm and gentle, peaceful manner that in itself sounds wise and is wise. Amen? A raving idiot, somebody who's out of control screaming, 
People are not listening to the message. They're looking at the spirit that you're delivering it in. Anybody ever worked for a boss like that? He was saying the right things and he was right. You know, the production on the floor was wrong or you'd, you messed up the order or whatever. Or you shouldn't have done this. He, he was, what he was saying was right. But the manner in which he delivered it was wrong. And you think what? He is an uh, idiot. No, he, no, no. He's right. But his delivery is wrong. Now, it's easy to point that at somebody else. What about you? How about you? Do people see you as someone who is wise and able to deliver the truth in a calm, peaceable, easy to be entreated manner? See, that's the spirit of gentleness. That's the virtue that we're looking for here. Okay, uh, number, number five. When you're gentle, others are edified by it, by gentleness. Uh, the verse up there, I know you can't read that. Maybe you can. Uh, but the verse up there is the theme verse that we use in, in uh, faith recovery. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the knowledge of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive of him by his will. Well, first time I read that verse when I was working in addiction ministry, I thought, well, that ought to be the theme of the ministry right there. People who've been captive of the devil by his will, and they need to be recovered out of that snare. That is the recovery verse, if ever I heard a recovery verse. In fact, that is the theme verse for uh, for faith recovery. But if you look at that verse again, you see the same things there. Gentleness, meekness, patience, apt to teach, edification, right? All those, you see how those verses always seem to kind of fold, and I, and I don't know how many passages I've read tonight, but you see how those verses always seem to fold into each other? It's not, I'm patient in this one, but I'm not loving here, or I'm loving here, and I'm not long-suffering. No, 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 no. If you walk in the Spirit, right, then you will show forth the fruits of the Spirit. If you walk in the flesh, what are you going to show forth? The works of the flesh. Be careful as a Christian when you say, I'm right with God, but you come across in an unkind, harsh, mean-spirited manner. No, you're not. You say, you say, I'm not right with God? No, I'm saying if that's true of you, you can say it. Everybody around you already knows it. Everybody around you knows you have a problem. So others are edified. They're built up. They're, they're strengthened by it. And and again, that goes back to that same concept that they're strengthened because they're actually listening to what you have to say, not watching what you're doing. And there is a difference. Anybody know what I'm saying? saying? How many of you ever heard somebody yelling? You didn't hear anything they said. You were watching them. Yeah, we all done it. And you're looking, oh boy, he's out of control. (laughs) You know, your mind's not listening to words. You're just like, oh boy, he's lost it. Okay, that's not gentleness. One last thing, of course. (laughs) Well, the Lord expects it. There's no question about it. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities, powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil to no man, to be no brawlers. Let me, let me, let me shorten the, verse for, the two verses. Put them in mind to be gentle. Can I do that? That's part of the verse, isn't it? I think that, that doesn't take anything away from the structure. That's part of what it's saying. Put them in mind to be well, not, What I'm doing tonight, while you're sitting here, what I'm doing tonight is putting you in mind to be gentle. You know, I tell you what, if it was me, I'd take a bomb over there and I'd blow every Hamas member out of the planet. I'd shoot them all. Really? 
Spirit of gentleness, you got that, do you? Listen, I'm not for Hamas. I think they're wrong. I think they need to be punished for what they've done. But I don't want to see hundreds and thousands of people. You say, you don't think Israel should strike back? No, I absolutely think they should strike back. But I'm not happy about it. I don't want to see people blown up. I don't care who they are. I wish they, you know, somebody could reach them with the gospel and they get saved. That'd be wonderful. Probably not going to happen. Who knows? But what's your spirit about it? You look at, you look at that news report with a spirit of gentleness? You sad for what's going on? I know, I know Christians that have talked to me and they're like all excited. Well, I hope they just blow them right out, rip them all out to and push them out in the sea and then none of them left. Well, I hope Hamas dies, but I don't know about the people who practice it. I don't know any other way to fix it, though, right now. But I'm not going to talk about it without a spirit of gentleness. I think that's wrong. For, for, am, I, am I crazy here? I mean, I'm just looking at it from a biblical standpoint. Uh, let me keep going here. So how does a gentle Christian act and react? This is message number three. <laughs> uh, I just had a little extra time with having fun in my office. Uh, Christ, obviously, is the best example of gentleness. Nobody in here should ever even blink an eye when I said that. You'd be like, yep, right? By the way, he is also the best example of love. He is also the best example of long-suffering. He's also the best example of patience, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith, right? We don't argue with that. Christ is the best example of gentleness, and we see nowhere better than that expressed in the Gospel of John. Or at least I don't. As you go through the stories in the Gospel of John, right? It is amazing, you see, when you stop and look at the gentleness of Christ. Uh, John chapter 14, you know John chapter 14 this is, uh, this is in the upper room right before, uh, during the Lord's Supper. This is just before he was about to cr- be crucified. Understand, Jesus knew, Jesus knew where their hearts were. They weren't quite on board with this whole program of him dying, right? You, you know that, right? They hadn't quite got that whole concept. Although he told them many times, you know, that he would die and be resurrected. They hadn't quite. So I, I think it's interesting that when Jesus is talking to them, these are the words he, he leaves with them. John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and where I go, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. The beauty, most comfortable, I've read those words, I quote those words a lot of times at funerals. You know why? They're kind of comforting, aren't they? Amen? The gentle Christian's presence is comforting, not cold and calloused. I deal sometimes with older people, and, you know, they talk about their, their kids and their grandkids. And they don't even come to church anymore, and they don't even have anything to do with me. And, they, and just the attitude that they say that in sometimes, I'm like, you may be revealing to me right now why they don't. That cold, callous, hardened attitude. I dealt with them for years, and they never did the right thing. Okay, okay, okay. You don't get to stop doing that. You still have to have that comforting presence, not that cold callousness, okay? So that's one of the ways we respond. Uh, you see Jesus also, uh, when you, you remember the story of the woman taken in adultery? Boy, that, that's a horrible story, isn't it? She was actually committing adultery with a man. They broke into the house and snatched her up. You know, I don't know what amount of clothing or she had on or didn't have on, but they snatched her up and they drug her to Jesus in the middle of the street. Can you imagine? Can you even imagine what that would be like? That's a horrible thing. So uh, John chapter 8, you see that. Uh, and that, uh, you know what they said about her, right? 
How do you like this attitude? How many think this is a spirit of gentleness? She should be stoned right now. That's not an exact quote, but that's what they said, right? I like what Jesus said. Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Whew. A gentle Christian's heart is compassionate, not condemning. I, condemn, I do condemn sin. And I, I can do that in a compassionate way. In fact, the reason I condemn sin in other people's lives and in my own life is because that is compassionate. You cannot continue to let people live a life of sin and destroy themselves. And if you're compassionate, you have to say something. We say this all the time in, in faith recovery. You have to do something. You know, my son, he, he does drugs. And I've told him if he does drugs, we're going to kick him out of the house. And if he does them in our house, you know, we'll have him arrested. And then that happens. They don't do anything. I say, you know what you have to do? You have to kick him out of your house. Oh, uh, that's not loving. Yes, that is. Yes, listen to me. That is. You can let him die in your house or you can make him wake up to the reality that what he's doing has consequences. And by the way, that is compassionate. You don't have to do it like, get your sorry behind out of here, I don't ever see you again. That's not what I'm talking about. Son, we love you. We can't allow that kind of behavior. We've tried everything. We'll do anything we can to help you. But this has got to stop. Right? So it's compassionate, not condemning. Uh, I like this. Gentleness attends to the needs of the other and puts them first, even above their own agenda and their own plans. Ugh. <laughs> I hate to say that because that, then I'm, I'm held to that standard. Uh, as a pastor, you know, I get calls. Sometimes I got a call uh, last week. I was on duty for the, the uh, sheriff's department last week. And it was like 1030 at night. I'm just getting, I'm going to go to bed. And the phone rings. And I saw... I, you know, ID, Hendricks County uh, Dispatch. And I'm like, oh boy. I, I'll be honest with you. My first thought was, ugh. <laughs> and so I answered the phone, told them, this is Chaplain. Uh, my, gave him my code. I said, this is Chaplain. And they said, uh, there's a lady at the, at the, uh, uh, at the jail. She's going to be, she's incarcerated. She cannot get out till next week. Her mother has been taken off the ventilator today and she wants to see a chaplain. Can I tell you something? I didn't want to go up to jail. I didn't want to talk to her. I'm like, oh, great. This will be fun. By the time I got to my truck, I had to sit in my truck in my garage praying, God, change me before I can help her. Right? Because, you know, she kind of interrupted my agenda. I had other plans. Gentleness says your, plan, your, your need is more important than my plans. Whew. That's a high standard, is it not? So uh, the gentle Christian's heart is compassionate, not condemning. Uh, number three, gentle Christian's uh, words are considerate, not critical and coarse. Uh, you, see Jesus on the, you see Jesus on the shore with Peter, right? You ever wonder why Jesus didn't say to him, you, why did you do that? I told you that that was going to happen. And what did you do? You, you, you still deny me. And you didn't deny me once. You denied me three times. Is that what he said? Listen to me. There are a lot of Christians. That's what you would have said. I don't want anything to do with you. If you can't be with me when I need you, forget you. That's not what Jesus said. I, kind of, I, I, I want to hear. I, sometimes I wish I could hear the. I, I wish I could hear the verses of Scripture or the words coming out of Jesus' mouth or other saints in the Scripture. I hope in heaven we'll get a record because I want to hear what that sounded like. Simon, son of Jonas, love us, thou me. Ooh. Ooh. 
I we make a big deal, or I, I have in preaching, I made a big deal of that moment, you know, at the trial, really mock trial, fake trial of Jesus, where Jesus looks over in the third, and Peter denies him the third time and their eyes meet. That, that's actually happened. That is a biblical truth. So their eyes look at each other. And I make a big deal of that. Can you imagine as Peter, oh, what that felt like? And as hard as that is, I think this is even harder. He's expect, I, think, I think Simon's expecting condemnation. I think Simon's expecting uh, some harsh words. He deserves them. And instead he gets, Simon, you still love me. Whew. Well, that spirit of gentleness will crush you. Right? So the gentle Christian's words are considerate, not critical or coarse. I wrote this little note to myself the other day. I, I, don't, know how, I don't know if that's how it's going to finish it, but I like the way, way it started. Gentleness chooses to carefully walk around the eggshells of a sensitive or difficult topic. Not go. I'm not that's not how you deal with everything. There are times, take your time. Let me think this through. How am I going to say this? Let me catch a breath. You know, some people say count to ten. That never worked for me. Me was like, just get away from the situation. <laughs> Leave. Wait, go away. Till you calm down, get back in the right spirit, then come back and deal with it. Right? And I think sometimes we forget that. Here, here's number four. I, I see Jesus. I see Jesus again with the woman at the well. Right? Um, beautiful story. Beautiful story. Uh, and the way he deals with her is so, is so wonderful. You know, he starts out with it almost sounds like a really bad situation. You know, he tells her, he asks her uh, about her husband's and she says, you know, I'm not married. And he goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> and the man you live with right now, you're not even married to him. Ooh. Ooh, that's kind of brisk, isn't it? It's kind of like, oh, wow. But then he says, Jesus answered and said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it was that said to thee, Give me drink, thou wouldst have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. Again, it's amazing how he talks to her. The gentle Christian's arguments, and I think this is true, the gentle Christian's arguments are compelling, not condescending or coercive. We're not trying to see how coarse or mean we can be. I'll show you how stupid... I have been with many people who thought themselves to be soul winners, and all they did was irritate people. You know, they start out with, you know you're on your way to hell, right? If you don't get right with God, you're going to hell. Well, is that true? By the way, if they don't get saved, are they going to hell? Yes or no? Is that the way to start the conversation? Okay, no. That's not. No, in fact, I don't want to really scare anybody to, he to, 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 to heaven. I want them to see their need of a Savior. I want them to see that they need to be saved, that I am lost and undone without Him. And I want them to come to Him because they see the answer, that He is the answer, and they put faith in that, right? So that's, that's the idea. So the general Christian's arguments are compelling, not condescending or coercive. I've got to move on here. Number five. Uh, here's another good story. You, like, you see in the Gospel of John, right? Uh, Jesus tells the... Uh, the Pharisees that uh, they accuse him of breaking the Sabbath. He really can't. If you're Jesus, the Son of God, you can't break the Sabbath. By the way, bad accusation. And so, uh, in his explanation of that, he claimed to be equal with God. By the way, that's exactly what they thought he claimed too, right? And they wanted to stone him. Uh, and I like this phrase. The Bible says here in John chapter five. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him. Now, now listen. Look at me. Did Jesus know that that's what they were thinking? Absolutely. Okay, 
That's God coming to flesh. He knew exactly. He knew they were trying to kill him. He knew at that moment they were trying to get him. He knew that they were trying to trick, rule up some trick of the law that you claim to be God and you're not God and so therefore we can kill them. He knew what was going on. And so what did he say to them? I, I, in the middle of that he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from... He offers them eternal life. They're trying to kill you and he's trying to offer them eternal life. Is that you? Is that how you respond? I, I don't think it's me. The general Christian's reaction to opposition is calm, not cross or caustic. Gentleness, I, I believe this, gentleness is best seen in its response to adversity. How you, advance, how you respond to adversity and trial tells me whether you really possess the virtue of gentleness, doesn't it? I mean, I, can, I, I found this to be true on almost every biblical, every biblical virtue. I can display all kinds of biblical virtues when things are going well. Buddy, I can be loving. I can be patient. You know, you fed me right. I'm happy. I get to do what I want to do and things are going well. My kids love me. My grandkids adore me. My wife thinks I'm the greatest. Everything's going my way. I'm easy to get along with. And then when trials come, why should that change? Why should my spirit change? When trials come, you know what really happens? Let me, can I say it to this? A lot of times when trials come, what all simply happens, I'll give you a very simple explanation. You walk right out of the spirit and right into the flesh. You came with a fleshly response to a fleshly problem. By the way, that's not a good way to try to get rid of fleshly problems. You want a spiritual weapon to get rid of fleshly problems. That'll do it every time. But what, we don't do that. We get fleshly problems, hard circumstances, we respond with fleshly responses and a harsh attitude. That is not the spirit of gentleness and that's not what Christ was like. Right? So, gentle Christians' reaction to opposition is calm, not cross or caustic. Uh, one last thing. The gentle Christian's character, who he is, is consistent. Oh, it would have all been nice up to this point if I hadn't had to say this. In other words, you say, what do you mean by that, Brother Morris? I mean this. I mean, are you always gentle? Are you always long? We're talking about character, right? Are you always honest? Are you always, that's, that's the biblical, is that not the biblical standard, yes or no? Yeah, look what it says about Jesus, you know, um, when, after this confrontation where the Pharisees took this woman in, in the adultery and Jesus makes this statement. And they basically, that's not the exact quote, who are you? Uh, but they did say this, by what authority do you do these things? What they're saying is, who do you think you are? I love what Jesus' response was. Jesus said, he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always the things that please him. Wouldn't you love that? Can you imagine that being your testimony? By the way, that should be your testimony. For I do always the things that please him. Now, don't get mad at me, but let's be honest. For a lot of us, it would actually go this. For I do always the things that please me. Right? I have found this to be true. If I'm going to be Christ-like, sometimes 
it may not at first might be pleasing. In fact, it won't be pleasing to my flesh. My flesh, I have a real problem with my flesh. Can I tell you? My flesh likes me. My flesh likes it when I take care of it and baby it and give it what it wants. When I deny my flesh, that seems to be a problem. I mean, I'm probably the only one who has the problem. But for me, that's an issue, okay? Do I do always the things that please him? I'm going to ask you the last two questions and we'll be through, okay? Here's a couple questions. Number one. Now, I expect a, a, a audible, thank you. <laughs> Somebody's reading my mind. Uh, I expect an audible answer to this question. I'm going to give you a second. Look at the question and I'm going to say it out loud. And you're going to give me an audible answer. Is it possible to be Christ-like without displaying the virtue of gentleness? Some of you think that that's not possible. You know, you're right. It's impossible. But on the other hand, can I say that? Can I say that about any biblical virtue? Is it possibly Christ-like without displaying the virtue of holiness, love, joy? Yeah, we all struggle. It's an, you say, well, Brother Morris, you just keep going these virtues and I just don't possess them. Bing, 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 bing. That's why I'm putting you in mind of it. That's why the Holy Spirit has me doing it because he's putting me in mind of it. Second question, audible answer, please. Do you, no, no, just kidding. Don't answer this one audibly. Silent answer now. Answer this one in your heart. Do you act and react in a Christ-like manner towards other? Do you act and react gently, especially in adversity? If the answer is no, well, we have issues that we need to take care of. Amen? Uh, when we start on the series, I thought we'll do these nine virtues and that'll be good for our people. I hope you know what the Holy Spirit's done with that deal. The Holy Spirit has said to me, yeah, they'll get something out of it, but that's not who I'm doing it for. Amen? And I hope, I hope you feel the same way. There's some things we need to improve in our own lives. Amen? Let's do it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful for these simple biblical truths. As we look through the biblical virtues, as we look through the fruit of the Spirit, as we look through this list Lord, there's so many things that we struggle to be and do. And until we get our, our mind back and transformed uh, away from our fleshly mind into a spiritual mind, until we take on the mind of Christ, we're never going to be able to put the actions that we need. So I pray, Lord, as we hear these messages, as we read the Scripture, as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, give us wisdom to yield, to do, to, to yield, to change, and to do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, it's 8 o'clock and you are dismissed.